All right, another surprise one. <laughs> For when I say surprise, that's just I never just tell Heidi what we're doing. Uh, some I don't know what we're doing most of the time. You tell me, hey, let's go get started, and I go, okay, what are we working on? And you say something, and then you sit in silence for a while, and then when I go, are you ready? You go, uh-huh, and then I click the record button, and you go, okay, surprise one. I think you've, I think we've told the story before. Well, we're telling it again. Well, because, I don't know, then I get thinking about something, and I was like, you know what, we probably should say something about that, so. Boom, bam. There you go. And I, it kind of, even though you didn't watch the video I sent you, but Got Questions came out with a video today. It was why the youth is falling away in such large numbers and pretty much why we live in the world the way that we live in. And um, it boiled down, of course, to things that we've been saying throughout the whole time that we've had this platform that... It goes back to the home that we stopped reading and teaching our the Bible to the kids. We spend more in screen time and entertainment and other activities than we do in the re, in the Word, learning the Word, well, reading. We prioritize it. those things over it. We prioritize sure. sports and academics and friends and I mean, literally, the <coughs> list goes on of the things that we prioritize as being. And we may not think that we do it, but the, the life that we live shows our children that there is a higher importance, a higher priority to sports, academics, friends, uh, leisure, sure, screen, you know, entertainment, whatever it may and be. And we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you but how many But I feel like if you ask times... people, they'd be like, no, of course I teach my children that God's most important. I'm like, okay, but is that how you live? I know you did a video on it. I'm... Or maybe it was a po- I don't know what we did, but we did something on it, basically just asking about how much time you spend in the word every day or do you spend reading every sure. day? And the answers were just, they were kind of frightening, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, most people don't have time, they say. Mm-hmm. Forget. Kids aren't interested. Yeah, things just get in the way. They give up. And I mean... That just sh- that to me shows you where how bad this has gotten in our society, just how how ingrained we are as Christians into the world that we believe that you know we have gone completely over and married everything with our worldly system because we have put all the world's priorities first. Yeah. We've done exactly what we weren't supposed to do. And then we try to say, well, I got, you know, I got to pay the bills. I got to put dinner on the table. I got to support my family. How are you supporting your family if you're not feeding them the word? It doesn't matter how many hours you go out and work. If you're not living your life and and realizing that your greatest ministry is in your home what are you doing what are you doing yeah we've talked about it before but you go and you look in the mirror before you do anything else or before you even assess anything you say i have so many problems out in front of me so many things going going on 
yet you don't go, okay, well, why are those things occurring? Is this something that I'm allowing to happen? I mean, in most of the time it is. Most of the times the problems in your life, you can you can fix those by fixing yourself most of the time. And biblically, there's a, I mean, you are to consider others better than yourself. So when you have issues, you should be serving the person that you're having issues with and showing them the love of Christ. Therefore, showing them shame for the way that they're acting and they're treating you. This is where I always get asked if I'm a pacifist. So you're saying that people have to walk over. Well, can you show me anywhere biblically where it says that we're supposed to do something other than that? Can you tell me where the apostles did anything other than that? Do you know how many times Paul was beaten? Like, it... Anyway, well, and the other point. I want to turn this back on to the youth thing before I go. No, but you're telling me that when you stand before the Lord, He wants to hear your career accomplishments. He wants to hear your financial success. He want you. You telling me that's what He wants to hear? No, He wants to know what did you do with the children I gave you? Mm-hmm. How did you serve your wife, your husband? Why are your children unbelievers? What did you do with that? I don't care how many hours you clock in so you guys can have an amazing, you know, vacation to to share with what they did with their summer vacation, whatever. And I love how people want to, well, you're being so legal, you know, that's not the answer. You're being legalistic with it. You're being too dogmatic with it. Okay. Okay. Well, look at the whole world right now look at the problems that we have in the world where do you think that these come from where do you think that these start yeah it's the heart of man is evil yeah and that's the that's the it's not really going to change very much but we'll i I guess we'll get into that but i just don't understand why we're not going for the hearts here and we're not really paying attention to the way that things are unfolding around us and adjusting our lives and our walks and and just kind of uniform uniforming ourselves here a little bit it's not necessary for salvation but it also says when christ returns you don't want to shrink away in shame and if you're caught up in the world and you're caught up in this life where you don't have time to read, you don't have time, you just, ah, you know, study it and it's just really not my thing. You know, I just. You're going to shrink back in shame. You're going to shrink in shame. That doesn't, like I said, this isn't a question of salvation, 
Although, I really think that there needs to be self-assessment within the church. Because what if you are, you, you can believe in Jesus all you want. But are you truly sealed with the Spirit? Are you true? Have you truly humbled yourself and allowed that? And are you really bearing the fruit as evidence of that? If you're bearing fruit, bearing fruit isn't, I don't have enough time to read the Bible. That's not bearing any kind of fruit. It doesn't matter how many dollars you give away to charities it doesn't matter how many dollars you give away to the church it doesn't matter how many times you didn't cuss today it none of that matters none of that does but yet we we get this thought in our head like we don't have to and then you get really 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 well i guess it's accused all the time of saying well then you're talking you're saying salvation by works now, I think we made that clear in our Philippians study when Paul was like, show, work hard to show the results of your salvation. What are the results of your salvation would not be pushing and not having time to spend learning and reading the word. You find out so much about life reading the word. You find out so much about what's going on in the world around you, why people act the way that they act. I mean... Depending on your biblical interpretation, because I know we have a lot of new people <laughs> that have been listening or somewhat surprised, but we keep to a dispensational understanding of Scripture. And, I mean, you can you can figure out exactly where things are going and, and almost where things are, which we believe, too, that Jesus indicates that you should know the times and the seasons. You're not going to know the very minute that all these things are is, is going to take place, but you should know the times and the seasons that you're in. And then when you're dealing with the things that we're dealing with now in life, in, in society, in our own personal homes, I mean, these things are very, very serious, and it's time to be sober-minded about it that's what sober-minded means we don't we act like it's about alcohol or drugs or something you know that's the the common misconception be sober-minded so don't be you don't want to be in a drunken stupor i remember that was how i grew up that was like that was my mom's always thing is my mom bless her heart she would always kind of be like well the bible says to be sober-minded so you never drink alcohol that was yeah that was her deal well, okay, we shouldn't be drunk, but besides that, that's not what that means. That means that you should. <laughs> it's a lot more. You should just, pay pay we attention. No, we should not be drunks. Yes, <laughs> right. But pay attention and realize that. I guess I I I can I always say this, but in every single, all throughout our biblical history. Man has always been the same with the way that they build up, oppress, 
murderers, liars, thieves. It's the same thing across every single culture. It's just it's just in different places. I mean, at the end of the day, we are all on the same earth and we are all human and we all have. I mean, we have sinful flesh that cannot help itself in serving the world. And when you have a society that now is ruled by the sinful flesh and has pushed God so far out of it, you've got such a hard war and such a long war against you now and a lot of things that you have to understand. And your life should adjust accordingly. I mean, wherever you're called, I'm not here to say tell you how to live your life, but... If you don't have time to read the word and study and be sober-minded, then there's there's serious issues there, and there's serious complications to to that. And and those are the people that I'm saying you need to really self-assess and go, do I have any oil in my lamp? Do I really have the Holy Spirit? Or am I just like a lot of other modern self-professing Christians that say, that they're Christians, they believe in Jesus, but they don't really follow him. They just profess with their mouth. Well, because everybody wants that get out of hell free Jesus sure. sticker that you can slap on. Sure, and we want to, and we want to bring up Matthew. We want to say, "Judge not." Don't tell me, you know, you can't. Don't you, don't be so judgmental about my life. It's like if you had any kind of biblical literacy, you would know what type of idiotic statement that is. Because you, if you truly have Christ and you truly have the Holy Spirit, you bear fruit and your fruit is extremely evident. It's evident in the way we have the details of the very things that indicate these fruits. Paul speaks about it in Ephesians. I mean, you can find it all throughout, honestly, all throughout the New Testament. You can find out the fruits and what what it is that you know God looks for, so to speak. Um, it, it's not difficult if your life is not defined by that, and if your personal life is not does not reflect these things. Then, from what God says, not me, not our podcast, not our opinion, not my view. You are completely walking in a way that is completely against him. I mean, this is this is just you're repeating Israel's sins with confessing with your mouth, but your heart's being far from it. You're repeating John's warning in loving the world. Jesus warning himself, do not love the world. Beware of the teaching of these people that tell you, oh, hey, don't worry about it. It's not, no, it's not like that. It's not that bad. Oh, you're doom and gloom. Oh, you're preaching salvation by works. Oh, you're saying. No, this is all in here, and it's all it's all important that you self-assess because if you don't, if you're not fixed, what happens? 
exactly like we were talking about here in the beginning. We have, we create a society of these psychopaths that we have. And yeah, the world is in, you know, is definitely we're in a fallen world. But if our lives were better, if the church was better, if believers would bet, it would reflect. And it doesn't. And that's what's scary is we it just shows how how thin that line is of people that truly believe and who don't and who just claim belief. But I mean the the type of type of world that that we are deciding to whore ourselves out with and I use that language because I was reading Ezekiel earlier today because I was going to do a uh, another um, pink elephant, but I decided against it. Um, but I was reading through Ezekiel, and in Ezekiel, God gives a prophecy to Ezekiel of example of how upset he is it is real and Judah sins that he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you an example. It was like, if I married, if I married you and you went and you whored out, you were just like the worst possible whore that you could be and slept with every single person on the planet sitting there. Th and it was that's like such strong language and you read it and you feel very very uncomfortable at some of the things that are said in there but you're like you understand and realize how serious this is and this type of thing is only repeating what a bunch of people and well like i said all throughout israel's history what they always did. They always did this. Why do you think we have that example of the Old Testament, of Israel, of God's people? Because, yes, we have the salvation in Christ and everything, but it's not, it's not, you know, just like we're giving out free salvation cards to everybody and, you know, it's, it's free and nobody, you know, it's not like anybody died for it or anything. So, I pulled up that Got Questions article. Do you want to touch on that? It's really yeah. good. It's really good. Oh, is there an article about it? Yeah. Oh, I just saw the video on it. Yeah, they usually make the video like based off of the article. They think that's pretty much the same. But yeah. So, so people don't just get mad at me now. Yeah. So if you cool. want to be mad, there's more people to be mad at than just Brandon. So on this topic of why are so many young people falling away from the faith? Because that's what it is. I mean. And this goes to, yeah, I mean, this in the world. I mean, it, it's all one and the same. Right. The, not only the youth, this goes to adults, too. Yeah. Like well, that's it, because if you aren't, if you're in love with the world, then you're teaching your children to be in love with the world. So if your children aren't living godly lives, um, I'm willing to bet it's because you're not either. These things usually go amen. hand in hand. Yeah, I'm not amen. saying there is. And, and listen, I know, I know very faithful but. people that are dealing with hardcore pain. Or you're new to it, and this way of life is new to you, and maybe you've caught on, but your spouse and your children haven't. But you know what? I've got an answer. I got a, We've had that question before we go into the article. Yeah. I've had that question before, and I was actually thinking about this the other day. What, do you have a, what happens if you're, 
if your child does fall away as a teenager and goes away, or you know, even as a young adult, what do you do? Maintain a relationship with them. Show them nothing but the love of Christ. Yep. Live your life exactly as scripture calls. Yeah. The way that yeah, yeah, exactly the way that the Lord calls. And let them see your light shine through that whole thing. Amen. I mean, that's what that's what they need to see. They need to continue to see that. And if the the thing is is people don't realize that if if they have that to look forward to somebody in their life to look back to like that the emptiness of the world starts becoming more and more apparent to them later on in life yep. they start seeing how empty this is no matter how far away they've gone from you what do you, that's like the prodigal son kind of mm-hmm. you know it, it it's kind of that parable a little bit where you know, you go far, far off and you mess up, you mess up, you mess up again. But then you go, you've realized that, man, I don't have anything. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing. And then you come back. And but imagine the other side. If you don't live that life and you're fighting and you don't talk to and you're constantly this that and the other and picking apart their lives and what does that do that just that squabbles all the way down the line yeah. yet we don't want to check our pride and you guess what pain can be pride you can make you can make your pain your pride sure your physical pain your mental pain you can make you can make that prideful and when that starts to happen, I mean, your your demeanor, your behavior, everything starts to change. But go ahead and read this article before I... Uh, yeah. Okay, so why are so many young people... Before we people, end up here two hours. <laughs> why are so many young people falling away from the faith? So not every child who starts out in church stays in church. In fact, many young people are falling away from the faith and walking away from the church as they grow older which has been happening. I mean, it's very serious. A recent survey conducted by the Barna Group, a leading research organization whose focus is on the relationship of faith and culture, found that less than 1% of the young adult population in the United States has a biblical worldview. Less than 1%. Wow. Even more startling, the data shows that less than one half of 1% of Christians between the ages of 18 and 23 has a biblical worldview. Do you not see? I mean, this is, so those are professing Christians, less than one half of 1% between the ages of 18 and 23 have a biblical worldview. Do you see how foolish this makes people when they're up there smiling and talking about how great things are and how wonderful things are in, oh my God. The Barna Group defined a biblical worldview as belief in the following. Absolute moral truth exists. The Bible is completely inerrant. Satan is a real being, not just symbolic. Oh, Lord. A person cannot earn his way into the kingdom of God through good works. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth. And God is the supreme creator of the heavens and the earth and reigns over the whole universe today. So less than 1% of the young adult population believes that and between the ages of 18 and 23 of professing Christians 
less than one half of one percent believes those points there. Another study by Fuller Seminary also looked at why young people are falling away from the faith. The Fuller study determined that the most important factor in whether young people leave the church or remain steadfast in their faith is whether they have a safe haven to express their doubts and concerns regarding their faith before leaving home. Such a refuge is found in two places, their home and their church youth ministry. The Fuller study also found that most church youth programs tend to focus on providing entertainment and pizza rather than building up young people in their faith. As a result, teens are ill-equipped to face the challenges they will encounter upon leaving home. It's no wonder that some young people fall away from the faith if they were never grounded in the faith to begin with. So we've got youth groups full of pizza parties and video games and fun activities to engage and entertain the youth. And that's what's so funny, I think, when we talk yeah, about You know what's funny, though? Is, yeah, and, and that was exactly what I was going to bring up because we had that, that back and forth on YouTube about the homeschool podcast my son was watching this video we were talking about this video earlier he is 14 years old yep okay he already is studying other religions from an apologetic standpoint completely on his own completely on you know because he's shelter and out of touch of reality with the real world because we keep him at home but his biblical foundation is solid enough and like i said his biblical knowledge i think sometimes his old testament well i know his old testament knowledge is definitely sharper than mine is (laughs) he's pretty on point with it like okay when it comes to like all the stories not the prophecies and things like that but when it comes to definitely the kings of israel and the and oh yeah and that whole that whole thing like he was really into the king's period oh yeah he's got and so he's got that all down so he is so sharp on that um but he looks at the world differently he knows that his life and what he does has to reflect this to make any sort of difference in the world and he knows that he's going up against a fight not we're not just sending him out here into a pizza party you know i mean it, it he knows those things there's nothing that he's he shelter of he has worldview. he has a biblical worldview not to the point where we're looking at one less than one yeah. percent of youth and not only do does he study time? these things, read these things, watch these things, but he also engages in conversations with total strangers right. about these things online and in person to the point that I have had adults come to me and go, oh my gosh, not only did he stand there and hold mm-hmm. his ground against an adult, he referenced everything scripturally, tied mm-hmm. it together with the state of the world today. And you know what? From that conversation, he has made adults go back and think. Yeah. Adults go to church and start learning scripture. Adults start reading their Bibles. But, of course, he's just sheltered and kept from the world. Continuing yeah, I mean, on. my my eight-year-old, everybody listened to the kids' debut on the podcast, oh, yeah. which we got to do another one soon. But, I mean, she can sit there and tell you more about why you shouldn't do things, you know. But all of this is only possible because we decided, we woke up and realized, oh my gosh, this is serious. 
Now, it's it also important to note that we are not perfect. Not at all. Absolutely we are not even not. semi-close. So we're not nope. we're not standing with our chest buffed out saying, this is what you have to do. Nope. Because we do it perfectly. Absolutely not. But this is what we teach our children. And that's why when we have issues in our house, this is how they're reminded. I'm like, really? There's not enough of this crap going on in the world right now. What type of difference are you making in anything in your belief? How are you representing Christ by acting like this? What type of, you guys know all the problems that are going on in the world right now? What do you think changes those problems? What do you think the only, the heart of man is evil and it will continue to get worse? But if you want to have any forward progress like we are commanded to do, is be a light in this world while we have to exist in this world as exiles. In this time period, while we're here, we are called to be a light in the world. So making, I mean, focusing on yourself and making sure that yourself is, you know, you've got yourself in check. Like I said, is your first priority? What you're dying now to Sorry, say something? Sorry, I started reading ahead. I just... Why did you? Okay, go ahead. No, I was just looking at this next part into you this got topic. Really when you talk about. Sorry. Go ahead. Again, this is why we talk about the importance of literally everything we're saying here. This is why this is so huge, and you need to take it seriously. Because if you're not going to take it seriously, don't get upset when your children fall away to the world. When your children live like all the other godless children of the world, don't get upset if you're not going to take it seriously and do something about it. Listen to this. And this isn't to be mean or anything to anyone. It's just this is how important this is. So either you, if it's truly important to you, you'll live your life like it's important to you. And if it's not truly important, you'll continue on doing what you're doing. Two studies conducted by both the Barna Group and USA Today found that nearly 75% of Christian young people fall away from the faith and leave the church after high school. Nearly 75%. Okay, that's, you know, nearly the majority. Or, or, you know, nearly all of it. That is the mass majority. Listen, one of the key reasons they do so is intellectual skepticism. But how many of these youth were actually taught the Bible in their homes or in church? Statistics show that children today spend an average of 30 hours per week in school where they are taught ideas that are diametrically opposed to biblical truths, evolution, the acceptance of homosexuality, etc. Then they come home to another 30 hours per week to spend in front of television sets bombarded by commercials and sitcoms, playing video games, or connecting on social media. This is in contrast to the time spent weekly in the church classroom. Guess how much time they say on average Christian households spend in the church classroom? How many? 45 minutes. <laughs> a day? I think or you're on mute. A day or? A week. So... 30 hours a week in school where you are being taught ideas that are opposed to biblical truth. 30 hours in front of TV, online, video game, just worldly influence. With 45 minutes per week in the church classroom learning God's word. And then that's how you go ahead. Given the amount of exposure to worldly influences versus Bible training, 
It's understandable why young people leave the home without a Christian worldview and why many are falling away from the faith. Not only are most youth not being well-grounded in the faith, but they're also not being taught to intelligently examine the views of skeptics who will inevitably challenge their faith. Most of these students are not prepared to enter the college classroom where more than half of all college professors view Christians with hostility and take every opportunity to belittle them and their faith. See, because, again, my children know that none of this matters. No. They know, guess what? It doesn't matter about your dreams, your goals. Your mission is to serve God. Now, you're an individual. Yep. You have a personality. You have interests. You have all these things, and Absolutely. we we support that. We God celebrate gives that. You we, gifts and talents. They all have their individualities. We love it, but they and they know that they're at the end of the day they serve God, so they will figure out their path. Based on wherever they're called, wherever they feel called. Travis has an interesting idea now. I don't know what it's going to end up turning into. I know Lily, I mean, we're that's the closest one that we have. We're still a little ways off on Lily and a long ways off on Virginia and, and Olivia. But, um, I mean, they're going in with this, this view that... None of this matters. It's passing away. I'm a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of, of heaven. World. It it doesn't matter. This world system goes one way and I go another. I have to live here and operate here and, and I have to follow it, it by its rules. But I'm not a slave to it. Nope. By any sense of the, any stretch of the imagination. They know that. But that's one thing that we're afraid to teach because... We've talked about it before. It goes against everything that we're taught because we feel like we're che- we're doing our children a disservice if they don't have socialization, if they're not involved with everything under the sun, sure. if they're not if they're not going to a nice college and picking a great ni- career, a gra- yeah. great career, and I just, I mean, and, and honestly, this goes against most of mainstream Christianity, to be honest yeah, with you. It's not even the world. It's within the it's church not even that the you're world. going against it. Yeah, yeah it, it's not even the world because like Paul says, I mean, you'd have to go step out of the world if you wanted to find something that's not evil there. So, and that, that's impossible. He's talking about believers within the church. And yeah, so within the church, this is where, I mean, it's just... This is the mainstream view of it. That this is what Jesus gave. I I was reading a thing the other day on these different um, uh, just social media uh, accounts um, that have their own ministries, and reading through most of them, they are God goal career oriented ministries. Yeah, that's like. Yeah. Don't let anybody take away what God has for you today. You you know, and it's it's all about turning you it's into so this this idol of yourself yep. and self empowerment that is a complete satanic lie. In that's the 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 worship of self is probably one one of the biggest issues that we have in our society. 
we'll look at these statistics. A key factor in keeping young people from falling away from their faith is the influence of their parents. It's as the proverb says in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not turn from it. One particular study found that when both parents were faithful and active in the church, 93% of their children remained faithful. So that's both 93. parents. 93. When just one parent was faithful, drops down to 73%. When neither parent was particularly active in the church, then we go down to only 53%. In those in- instances where neither parent was active at all and only attended church now and then, the percentage dropped to a mere 6%. Wow, 6%. And and again, and it's not just that showing up to a church building is what gives you this like check mark in good salvation, Mm -mm. because that's not it whatsoever. But statistically, we know that people that are pursuing to live a biblical way of life most always include, you know, how... Yeah, like, do your children understand... The necessity for salvation, like. Well, the, I mean, we've real... talked with people before, and I'm like, and they're like, "Well, we can't do the whole homeschool thing for whatever reason," and I'm not gonna get into that right here because, well, we've already done that. But okay, so you've decided that you're not gonna do that regardless. Okay, do you understand that you're sending your children into a spiritual battle each day when you send them off into that system? Are your children prepared for that spiritual battle? Do you guys spend time in God's word and in prayer before you send them off to that godless system? Do you spend time after? Or are your children spending 30 hours in school, 30 hours in front of the world's And do they understand that the word, the world will purposely try to pick at them? At them. Because, of, like we just said, more no, the than world half isn't of the accepting of Christianity. are hostile against Christians. It's yeah. oil and water. It is. So are, are, you, are your children prepared for that? Or are your children getting 45 minutes of Bible teaching in a week and 60 hours of world teaching on average in a week? Where do you fall? Goes on to say, there are many competing beliefs in the marketplace of ideas. Relativism and skepticism are commonly seen as enlightened positions in our society. Christian parents must train their children in God's word. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 9, right? And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Teenagers should be able to walk away from the home without falling away from their faith. They must be fully trained in how to respond to their unsaved friends. They should be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within them. 1 Peter 3.15 is what they have noted here. And but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The fact that so many young people are falling away from their faith should concern every Christian family in every church. The fact that so many young people are falling away from their faith should concern every Christian family and every church. It's not enough to blame the secularization of society or the increased biblical illiteracy of the world in general. If the world is biblically illiterate, then the church is partly to blame. 
since the church is to be declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's 1 Peter 2.9. Churches need to take a hard look at their youth programs. Instead of entertaining youth with skits, bands, and movies, we need to teach them scripture with logic, truth, and a Christian worldview. Frank Turek, a Christian author and lecturer on apologetics, addresses the problem of youth falling away from the faith this way. What we win, what we win them with, we win them to. Sorry. If we win them with entertainment and low commitment, we win them to entertainment and low commitment. Charles Spurgeon was way ahead of his time when he implored the church to start feeding the sheep rather than amusing the goats. Amen. But we need to do a separate podcast on the sheep and goats. Yeah. Because that's worth t- worth it. But, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't really come to a surprise listening to these numbers, though, that you're reading. Yeah. Though... These are the same people that will post these pray, and I agree with them, and we shouldn't, you know, pray. F- obviously, these tragedies that have been happening, sure. obviously pray for the families and everybody involved, you know. But then these people will be in church on Sunday praying and wondering what's going on and what's happening. Yeah. Yet you're reading me these numbers right here. Yeah. What do you think? Where where are you losing your children? Where are we losing our kids? Where are we losing our society? And we just want to fight each other about opinions, but we don't even pay attention to the realities that are in front of us, and we see these things happening. I mean, the breakdown of our society is insane. I was just looking through um, headlines, and there's a headline about the shooter from Ohio's and some band that sung about raping and killing women like where do you think that this where what do you think what are we yeah, you can't act and that's what gets me is people want to act so surprised they don't get why their kids are behaving this way and why everything's falling apart and why all these evil it's like it's right in front of you don't you see it i don't you I, don't love god nobody does that's not what we're raising that's not what we're teaching that's not how we're we're living if you're if you're not teaching your child this, then your child is unless your child is very very independently strong, which I know there's I mean, I guess we knew that me and you both knew those type of people. Sure, you they probably exist. You probably was that person before me, but you know, in school where you know, your child's just independently strong and you don't really have to worry about them going through but the, yeah, those are very few. Most most kids aren't. So if you're not sending them with this knowledge, then they're going out with a complete worldview. And it that like you know, especially when they're teenagers and stuff, like that's when all this is like the most important time of this whole thing is is your children like your especially your older kids getting them to understand this and and look at it from this viewpoint because if not you're doing sketchy stuff plain and simple i mean you're constantly if you have a girlfriend you've only got one thing on your mind be like be honest with it i mean i'm thinking i guess i'm talking about myself here um 
you know what I mean? Let's let's talk back to our relationship in high school. You know, like if you're you've only got one thing on your mind, you don't care about anything else. But you're had we have lived, been, you're telling me you lived with um, absolute moral truth, the Bible being completely inherent, Satan is a real being and not symbolic not being able to earn your way into the kingdom of God through good works, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth and that God is the supreme creator of the heavens and the earth and reigns over everything. Today. Right. We didn't, like, I mean, we didn't, neither one of us of went in with, on neither one of us went in with a biblical understanding, a biblical worldview of anything like that. Even though we grew up in the church, we truly weren't taught because well, and of, yeah. And that's where part of it too. I know this talked about church specifically, which, yes, if you have a local church th- to feed you and your children, yes, amen, that's amazing. But it's more than just the church. It's, no, it's the home. And so if the home isn't going to be biblically sound and biblically doing this, it's the same thing like parents who think they can drop the kids off and it's the school's job to discipline them and turn them into good human beings, right? Like, no, it's, it's home's job. So it isn't just that you drop your kids off and it's the church's job to turn them into good biblical human beings. That's your job at home. That's where it starts. It's your responsibility and you have to answer to God for that. Yeah. And if you're not doing it, kids are just going to start doing stuff. And hopefully... If you're lucky, they come back around, they come to it, but that doesn't happen all the time. No. And it's heartbreaking. But you can't but. sit around and do nothing and continue to give them over to the world and then act surprised when it falls apart. And that's the thing that kills me. Because people, you see such true heartbreak. People come and they pour a heart, and it just it breaks my heart. Genuinely, it does. And you go, where is their influence coming from? Is it coming from the world, friends, even family members, the school system, social media, TV, music, movies, internet? I mean, you name it. Is that where the majority of their influence comes from? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, no, I mean, I think. Are you in the word with them every day? Are you in prayer every day? Are you living like you should? Are you treating their dad like you should? Are you, are you treating their mom? Are you like, what are you doing? Well, you have to look at all of this stuff because it's that huge. But nobody wants to call that out because now that we say that, it's like, oh, so you're judging how I live with my family? You're saying, I, no, I'm not saying nothing. No, I'm saying that the Bible tells you that children are a gift from God. They are. Absolutely. And you are a steward during this child's life. And you are responsible for this human. The Lord gave you responsibility for a soul. And how you navigate that is so important. Yeah, It's a blessing. You should view it Absolutely. as a blessing. Not as anything else other than a blessing from the Lord. Regardless of how you feel. Regardless if it's a legitimate child. If it's not or whatever. If you find yourself in the position where you're the, the father or the mother of kids that aren't yours or whatever else. Guess what? You were steward of that soul Absolutely. and you are responsible for that soul. And God knew all along that you would be the person in that child's sure. life. Sure. Regardless of these are your grandchildren. This is an adopted child, foster children. I mean, whatever scenario. Heck, these are your neighbor's kids that are always coming over because they don't have this type of home. 
whatever the situation might be. But gotcha. your children will want to mimic your behavior. Yeah. Look at the different interests that Lily's picked up just from yours. Just, I mean, as an example, I mean, she enjoys flowers. She enjoys, you know, a yeah. bunch of different, because you enjoyed these things. Yeah. But she's found her own interest inside these things and enjoys some of them too. So your kids mimic what you do. It's important if you're, if the, your kids know that you sit down and scripture is a utmost important and understanding and living by it is of utmost importance will be for them too it will be for them at some point in their life they will come back i mean it's it's no matter how far they seem to go off one way or yeah, another. it also doesn't mean it's a magic wand that like it today doesn't. i'm gonna start reading my bible with my kids and all of a sudden jesus is magically gonna sprinkle fairy dust and everything no, will be perfect it's a process no. absolutely not no, and I don't, don't think be that disheartened. that's where God's word is, is very clear that things like that. I mean, that's where I think the king, you know, it starts small and it grows. Yep. You know, it's not, and you can't expect everything to be perfect right away. We're not perfect human beings at nope. all, but you have to try. And if you can't get your kids to engage in, in this or don't want to learn in this, then you've got a whole lifestyle change that you have to look at. That I mean, for me, that's the only fix that I can see for anybody that's asked about that. Or but if you're not willing to do it, but if you're not willing to don't do it, don't complain it's going when your children be, love the world and hate the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't. They're you've not taught going, them nothing else. Yeah, they don't know any different. They will become their, one of those. Their priorities are now different. This this yeah. this old book is stupid now. Yeah. Because we have, you know, way cool stuff now to worry about and this is this is ridiculously dumb. Teach your children apologetics. Teach yourself apologetics. I think it's just goes to this being more important before anything. And I think you know what we honestly put this in second place of is jobs, career, yep. money. Yep. Money. Think about that. Well, we get that in our homeschool. People go, okay, so your idea is so cool. You want your children to use the Bible as their textbook. That's what you're going to teach them out of. Like, that's cute and all. Um, and I get it. Okay, yeah, I love Jesus too. But there's a real world. My kids have to have a career. I don't want them having to work some dead-end job for the rest of their lives. That's what God wants for them. You know, type of and response. There's your priority. Exactly. There you go. Do you have, I mean, do you have to completely neglect the Lord in the way that you teach your children to have a good job? Do you not trust in the Lord to provide whatever it is that you need? Right. What so if if this is if the Lord is leading you and is providing for you, and you're taking the steps, they may not be the steps towards the world, but God will bless you if you do that. That's what people don't people don't step out of the boat and get on the water because they yeah. don't actually believe that they can. Yeah. They go, okay, well, I see Jesus off in the distance there. I see him walking towards, but I don't. I, I'm, that's nice. Hi, and they wave to him. Yeah. But yet they, you know, and that, I'm gonna stay here on the boat. That's as far is, you know, as they, yeah, life. because you know that's water and this is a boat. Yeah. So that's stupid. This is smart, and it's like, then what? I mean, what are you, what are you wasting your time for? But again, that's where we constantly come around to. So many want to have this 
feeling. They love the false gospel being preached. They want this feeling that they've got a Jesus sticker that's their get out of I mean, hell if you free, create but I don't false... want to live my life off right. of this, literally. If you want to create a, your own false religion off of that, cool, fine, but you need to understand that that's a false Christ, and that's not a saving... That's not a saving Christ. But like you've been talking about in all this apostasy series, the one that's being taught by so many of these huge churches is a false Christ that cannot save. Yeah. And we don't we don't like to admit that because that's the first time. I think, how far are we into this? I was going to go into that, Todd. 52. Pre- yeah, this is kind of long. But, well, that thing I was talking with Todd Friel, what he did about if Paul's letter to the Galatians. No, was, you have to do that all by itself because yeah, that one's so good. was written today. But the so thing is, is, is talking about how hateful yeah, and how judgmental. And how narrow, narrow-minded. That's one of the that's one of the first charges you'll get. Yeah, that's such a narrow worldview. Or what that I've gotten before is, oh, that's fine, but I hardly doubt that you're living your life like that. Yeah. Uh, really? Or you just mi- must be some miserable person that sits yeah, around must just be horrible a- all day because God's got you in this tiny yeah. little box. And you're yeah. torturing yourself. No, dude, I love. I, I I'm perfectly fine in where I am, and that's what's funny though is because people in the world always tend to be the ones that end up being lost with nothing, and yeah. come t- try to find some sort of relationship with the Lord at the end of their life because they realize that it's everything else is just a dead end. Yeah, I mean it doesn't happen for everybody, but it does happen for most. You can see it. Look at even just the kid, like the people of our generation. I know this is a really super bad example. Forgive me, everybody. But look at Bam Margera right now. He's yeah. totally melting down. He's going and, to Dr. Phil for help. You see well, that? and that was like, and, and he's going like extra crazy. I guess that whole thing was like, a, I don't know. He's just going nuts. And uh, just watching that, man. I'm like, and watching what. All of them went through. Steve-O went through. Yeah. Um, I mean, and as kids watching them, we were just like, man, they had it all. I mean, look at yeah, people Bam, right? He was living the life. They had every, and then he ended up nothing. Nothing. He hates himself. Yeah. And you talk to most of those guys right now, every single one of them, even the ones that have cleaned themselves up, I mean, Steve-O still doesn't have, a, I mean... He's more positive, but he doesn't have a great outlook. No. Why would you? You don't I have mean, God. I mean, Knoxville never really, I mean, whatever. But um, then you're looking at like a guy like Bam, and he doesn't give a crap about himself. He doesn't give a crap about anybody else around him. He's hurting. He's, you know, I see all that stuff, right? But, I mean, you take that for example. They had everything. Yeah. But And then now look at them. So you're saying, oh, well, that stuff's all stupid. That stuff doesn't matter. It's like, look what, look what they have to go through. Look, not everybody makes it out of that stuff alive. No. Isn't it our responsibility not for our kids to go down that path? Because Ryan, you know, look at Dunn. Dunn didn't make it out alive. Not that they were these were Christians, but these are people of the world that I'm just using as. A, an example of how Sorry, empty you get, the we're world all part is. part of the jackass generation. Yeah, if so you're this not, is what we have to reference. Yeah, if you're not, then. But I think most people that listen to us are of that generation. Yeah, I think so. most of us are, or at least know of that. But 
and I mean, we're from California, so that, <laughs> this is what we got. Guys. This is like, yeah, this is a bunch like, of skate punk kids. That's what it, we was, got. it was all it was it back home. So anyway, um, just I mean, that's just the emptiness of the world was the point of that. I mean, yeah. and then not just that. I mean, you look at any athlete, any musician, anything. Oh, it's, it's just it's emptiness. You see these just famous people at the end of the day and they're just miserable. Look at the rate kids in school today are committing suicide, are dealing with depression and anxiety disorders. Are, I mean, it's, it's insanity. And this all goes back to home. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your kids? Do your kids love the Lord? Do they go about their days with a biblical worldview? Because if they don't, that's on you. It's and no now, one else's fault except for yours. Now more than any time is important to get Jesus this is stuff coming. Like, wrapped up. And to be honest with your kids, no, yes, inform your kids of these things. Make sure they're aware. Because mm-hmm. if not, they're going to think everything is ridiculous. Understand that first teach them that, okay, the world is going to think you and all of us are ridiculous. Sure. Because the wisdom of the Lord you, is folly to them. Exactly. And and if you don't prepare them if with that that fact at first, I mean that that you're giving them a really rough start. But I don't know, I don't know how much we want to beat this dead horse, but we do need Take this seriously. To, I just want to shake people and be <laughs> like, come on, this is like for serious now. I don't know and what I, to do. I'm just going to cry. I can't, and I don't mean to be talking about anybody it's personally. It's no one in particular, and believe no. Me, I, I'm in prayer, and I understand from a, the, you know, from a, a point of view that there's even many people out there that want to, that are struggling, that their spouse is holding them back, and it's Absolutely. hard. And I, I am praying for you, and I don't mean to say that you're not taking it seriously, or even somebody that's in, you know, whatever. I don't want to... You know, I don't you want to point your any heart, fingers, but right? it's just That's so difficult to see whenever you go into ministry and you have people coming to you that know you have them and sharing things and counseling people, you know that these things are such a legitimate real problem. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, the fix of this is this. And most of them are puzzled and they're like, I just don't know how to do that. And most people walk away at that point. And that's, and the that's part just that where they put up there. So and much. that's why. And it's it's like, don't do that because no, there's nothing, you know, don't because you're almost there. Like you have the feeling of like, hey, I should, maybe this isn't the right direction. But nobody else agrees with you. Isn't most of the time that's probably a good idea? Yeah. If you're if you're weighing it with scripture, <laughs> yes. not if, not being making a complete. If you're weighing it with scripture decision. and the decisions you're making for your family and your children, like tick off every person you know and are the complete opposite of everything you your go, family and friends think you should you, do. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank I'm you. going in the right that's direction. It. That's exactly what I. <laughs> Nine times do. out of ten. Nine times out of ten. If everybody is in agreement, if your family and friends all think it is great the way you're raising your children in this worldly system and combining, think that's when you should be afraid. And I promise you, you will doubt yourself more times than not. You will Amen. go, did I do the right thing? Am I totally ruining my children's lives? Am life? I, yeah. Am I, 
Oh, man, I screwed up. But are you thinking about it from a worldly perspective or an eternal perspective? Right. Big difference. And I can only let my own life be as, I mean. Absolutely. This part of it be as proof of that. I mean, there's nothing that should have worked correctly. You know, yes, we've worked extremely hard, but at the same time, we've also had divine intervention that we could have not possibly done by ourselves. So, and I know the part of that came with completely turning away from a world-based system. And for us, we were blessed by turning away from that. And I'm not saying that everybody should do that, but I think it's a good idea. I really do. I don't, especially in the world that we're living in today, I think it's time for us as believers to seriously consider the times and the seasons and how to act accordingly. If you're totally cool, just, you know, living your normal life, going about your daily career and not worried, then cool. If you're at peace and with the Lord with that, then you have nothing to worry about. I'm not talking to you. Don't message me. <laughs> I'm talking to the people that but if you feel like you've been okay in that, but if for some reason you keep showing up watching our stuff and listening to our stuff and, and God going, keeps pushing yeah. some little thing inside of you, maybe you really need to assess that. Yeah, if you Because we thought we were comfortable with it at one point, too, Yeah, guys. we did. We were. And we were we quite proud of we ourselves for it. we were going the right way. We thought that, you know, this is how you serve Jesus, right? This is what yeah. Christians are supposed to do. It's just an American thing, right? Oh. And that's all right. But, but I guess we won't. We won't beat this one too much long. Take this to prayer, you guys. Yeah, just take it to prayer and take it serious. Look at your family. Look at your kids. Look what you're doing. Look at it from an eternal perspective and see if that mm-hmm. changes anything. If yeah. you have to stand before God tomorrow and answer for what you're doing with your children, the way you're training them up, the priorities in your life, what you're focused on each day, and what you're teaching your children to be focused on, if you had to stand before God tomorrow and answer for that, would you be confident or would you shrink back in shame? Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Because if you wouldn't be confident with what you did today, you might really want to assess that because you don't know if you have tomorrow. Tomorrow might be the day you have to answer for these things. You don't know. Yeah, Paul talks about having a clear conscience. Yeah. He's the worst of all sinners, but at the same time, he knows that he has a clear conscience before the Lord. Who am I to judge? I'm not going to worry about it. I know that I'm living the way that I should be. Every little thing I do, I can't sit around with my holy stick and hold myself up to this, you know, holy meter that I have. But at the same time, my conscience is clear. I could stand before the Lord and know that my work, my children, my, the people that were put under my watch, my care, my own I did all I could. I did everything that I could. I served the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I mean, what are you, do you have that, do you have that comfort in knowing these things? So I think it's worth, uh, yeah, taking it to prayer, taking it to the word, 
and some serious self-assessment. And know that if there is any way that either of us could serve you and your family and help you in anything, please know that we are available to you any day, yeah, any time, anything. Because if there's anything that we can do to serve somebody else, we're more than happy to do it. So, Amen.